sexual energy is by nature a creative energy. We are here having this human experience, but we aren't just human. We're soul or spirit or intelligence or something. And there's a there's a bigger picture. Does it feel like truth with a capital T to you? Mm. And if it's not, loosen your grip on it. Let it go. Consciousness is always evolving and our present perception becomes our conscious reality. Is life happening for you or is it happening to you? A life of authenticity is a life of skillfully practicing your values. You are perfectly human and even when we stumble, we still stumble forward. If you seek truth and move in love, then your family. I invite you to have a seat at our table. You are listening to an authentic outlier, the nocturnal therapist himself, Harry Turner. Welcome, 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 y'all. Welcome to another episode of the Is That So Show. All right. I am excited for today's guest. We're switching it up a bit. We actually have a sexual alchemist in the building, y'all. Sexual alchemist. Now, I know many of y'all are wondering what is sexual alchemy, and I, I just want to tell you right now, I don't know either. So when I invite my guest on, she will definitely clear up any ambiguities and confusion we may have regarding the conceptualization and understanding of sexual alchemy and also how that assists us in living in our truth. As y'all know, my motto is to stay lit, you know, stay L-I-T, which is living in truth, living in your truth. And and y'all know, I said a little something before the beginning of the show. And so when it, as it pertains to living in your truth, understanding that's my way of saying be authentic, choose authenticity. I know that when we are aligned and to be authentic is to be in an alignment with your values, the closer we are in alignment with our values, the more authentic we're being in that space, the more authentic we're being in that space, the more we're living in our truth, the more we're living in our truth, the more access to our power we have, the more access to our power we have, the more we create, the stronger the vibrations that we send out into this physical environment that then creates what it is that we are seeing and believing that we will experience. And so authenticity is most certainly the path for me. And it, I believe it's the path for all of us. Our default state is authenticity. The only thing that scares us, that the only thing that moves us out of authenticity is our fears or are our fears. Our fears removes us out of our state default state of authenticity because in a default state of authenticity, we're in a position of receiving arms open, gratitude, appreciation for life. But in our fears, we protect. You can't receive in a, in a position of defense. And so it's our fears that scares us out of our authentic selves. All right, y'all, that's my word. And so I'm going to bring in, without further ado, I'm going to bring in my guest because I am extremely excited to, to, to learn about this topic. There's very few people I've brought on the stage that I have no idea about what it is that they're going to say or do. This is one of those rare situations where I have no idea what sexual alchemy is. And so I am definitely curious. I'm in a, I'm in a space of curiosity to see what, what unfolds here. So without further ado, let me invite in Ms. Rebecca Lowry. Hello. Welcome, 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 sister. How are you doing today? 
I am great. And I, I love everything that you were saying because I was thinking, you think that you don't know what sexual alchemy is, but everything that you were saying, but through the doorway of conscious sexuality is sexual alchemy. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, okay, wait. But first, because I'm going to get into the conversation, so I actually like to do this on the front end. If you don't mind, do you mind talking to the people for just a second and introducing yourself or saying whatever you need about your story, you know, anything you want to tell the people to help them understand who you are and why you're here? Okay, sure, yeah. And then you uh, stop uh, me at any point when you're ready to go into the conversation. I'm, I'm going to let you run it for at least two minutes. At least two minutes, I'm going to let you run it. Okay. All right, I'm, I'm going to go backstage for a second. You got it. Okay. So I'm Rebecca Lowry, and I'm gonna. And I'm known as the sexual alchemist. I have been working with men's sexuality for almost 16 years, and I, I've worked with everybody. I've worked with every gender. I've worked with every relationship configuration, couples and throuples. But a few years ago, it became very evident that my speciality, my you know, zone of genius, if you will, was working with men and helping them to explore, heal, expand and discover who they really are as sexual beings. So now I work specifically with men, and sometimes they come with very specific sexual issues, but more often than not, it's really more of a spiritual journey. It's something, you know, we kind of know intuitively that there's something very special about sexuality, or the men that I work with do, but they can't quite get there. They haven't figured out what it is yet. They just know there's something more to it. They're ready to explore usually quite terrified. But um, like Harry said, it takes tremendous courage to step up and say, okay, I'm ready now to explore. All right. So again, thank you for being here. All right. Again, I'm really excited to talk about this. So let's get right into it. Sexual. So you said I was saying I was actually explaining it, even though I didn't, I'm not familiar with the concept. So can you elaborate on that a little bit more? I will. So when I talk about what sexual alchemy is, I talk about how, you know, how light can be described as a particle or a wave. It can be perceived as different things. And sexual alchemy is similar. So on one hand, it's a process and a journey that I take my clients through that has developed over almost 16 years of doing the work. I've seen what works. And that is, I mean, it's not a set thing because every individual is unique, but there's a pretty much kind of overarching journey that that is sexual alchemy it is what it says on the tin so alchemy is transformation and it's transformation to the doorway of sexuality it's an energy that comes through me you know i think when people kind of intentionally are in my field magic starts to happen you know even if we're just talking which is quite awesome um as long as it's consensual of course (laughs) but it's very much like the core of it is a lot of what you were talking about you know like So to give it some context, my deepest belief is that humanity has been robbed of sexuality, Mm. that sexuality is actually one of the most sacred energies we have. Mm -hmm. And we were cut off from it, I think, tens of thousands of years ago, because how do you rule the masses? You cut them off from their biggest energy. And Mm -hmm. one of our biggest energies is sexual energy. It's, an, it's like we get hungry, we need to go to the loo. These are natural things that arise in our body and sexual energy arises. I would also go as far to say it's what we're made of, but that's, you know, we could go down many pathways here. But ultimately, it's, it's an energy vibration that we are and that we channel and that arises within us. And if it's cut off, if we're cut off from it, we're kind of dulled. 
You know, mm. we've been made afraid of it. We've been shamed of it. You know, they, they can't rip it out of us, but they could make us ashamed of it. And they could make us afraid of it. And they could tell us where it's bad and wrong. And so what they've done is make it, made it into the realms of the profane instead of the sacred. And what you were talking about was living in truth. And for me, a human's truth is that we are not just this body. We are energy and vibration and frequency, you know, and part of that is our sexual energy. And so if we're going to live in truth, we should embrace all the parts of ourselves. Make peace with all of the parts of ourselves. You know, it's, it's a it's a violence against ourself to deny a part of ourself, you know, and so living in truth and even what you were saying about being authentic, even if you wanted to bring it back to an intimate moment, erotic or not, we're going to have a more authentic moment with each other if we bring our full truth, the full truth of who we are. And it doesn't mean that we have to be like aroused with each other or looking to be sexual with each other, but it means we don't hide anything either. <gasps> okay. Please come on. Come on. I, I see. I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Like I'm seeing, I'm seeing it. Okay. Please continue. Well, I think part of the problem is, you know, like if you think sexual energy is by nature, a creative energy, it creates life. And we also use um, a similar flavor of that energy when we create anything, when we're writing a book, when we're, you know, making dinner, anything. And so when we're connected consciously to that energy, we can pour it into the things that we make. And that thread of sexual energy is creative energy. There's a healing thread of, of sexual energy. But the only thing we've been taught is it's an act between people, you know, that makes babies. And as far as I'm concerned, that is a tip of the iceberg of who we are as sexual beings. And so, you know, if you think about like on, um, I mean, I don't know if it's true, but this is what you read, you know, about is like on film sets, two stars that had some cozy scenes often will end up having a relationship together. <laughs> I don't think they're really in love. I think what's happening is they're opening themselves up to this other person. They want this scene to be authentic. So they're bringing their full self. And that is gorgeous. That's beautiful. And so they think that that other person is the key that opened it up in them. Mm. You know, they want more of it because it feels good. So I have to go off with you now because I got some of that yummy there with you. Mm -hmm. But I think we could just be really authentic with everyone. We'd feel that all the time. (sighs) It wouldn't get distorted. It wouldn't get, it wouldn't come out so dysfunctionally. I said, I, I said recently on a show, I said, how can I, in a moment of passion, now, I was passionately saying this, I'm going to say it real calm on here, but I said, how can I trust me with you if I can't even trust you with you? And yes. what I'm, and what I'm. <laughs> You, guys, you felt, you felt it, you felt like sit and, and it came from the core because it's, it's throughout. I see why you work with me. See, now you, I'm about to talk about my personal stuff throughout my life. You know, it's, it's like, I've, I've allowed myself, you know, when you, when you unveil yourself and people don't know how to respond and you realize that people don't know how to respond because they haven't yet responded to their own energy. It's like, I can't, I, I and you can please correct me on this one because I, I I do not like 
I prefer not to see the 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 lack of, but I just don't feel comfortable sharing myself in a world that is so cruel to themselves. Because if they hate them themselves, I know they're going to hate me when I show you who I am, you know? And so that fear, that's why I'm always speaking about fear, because it's constantly there, because I know how cruel we are to ourselves. That's why most people can't look in the mirror. Or if they look in the mirror for longer than 30 seconds, they they get nauseous, you know? How could you ever love me if you treat yourself like that? That's right. But but please please talk 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 to us sister like you you touch him I see why you work with me and you you said you specialize in men I mean well in men's sexual alchemy men's sexuality self so let me say this expert in men's sexuality self awareness and personal slash spiritual development and host of the sexual alchemy podcast so definitely want to put that out there uh, put yourself out there sister let them know what you got out there because we definitely need this. Why men's sexuality? How did you come about seeing that men in particular, you were really skilled at dealing with men in particular? When I first started working, I worked with everyone, anyone who approached me, if I felt I could help them, you know, if I felt if there was a resonance, I would I would work with them. But it was really clear, like I noticed that with men, something came through and just knew what to do. You know, like Mm. it's not. Rebecca, the person, there's an energy that comes through, there's a wisdom that comes through and knows what to do. When I'm with women or people of other genders, I could help them. I could help them. I've got experience and something, but that same thing doesn't come through. And after a while, my mentors were saying, look, you need to niche down because to really serve the way you're meant to serve, you need to be serving who is your zone of genius. I think that's a term from Gay Hendricks. He says, you know, your, your zone of greatness is is great, but your zone of genius is that sweet spot. And I was nervous to niche down for years. I thought, mm-hmm. I don't know. I had this thing about, you know, I'll have to wor- work with everybody. But uh, eventually I got over that and decided to try niching and see how that worked. And actually it's been amazing ever since because what that's done is it's, freed up my energy and my focus and then I niche down not just from men but kind of almost more specific men so they tend to be kind of usually middle-aged like late 40s 50s 60s kind of thing with little to no experience of sexuality and intimacy or sometimes they've had some experience and it hasn't worked out too well or they're experiencing some issues but at the core of all of them whether it's a physical issue or a mental emotional even spiritual issue is that feeling that, you know, the, that who they are as a sexual being is a more than what they're supposed to turn up in the bedroom with and b that there's a, a deeper, more profound something to it that they just haven't found. It's like, it, like we innately know that it's there, but because we have all this misinformation out there and distortion around what sex and sexuality is, it's hard to get you. Like you were talking about fear before. I mean, my God, sexuality, everyone's told it's bad and wrong and dirty and you should be ashamed of it. And if you're lucky to even have sex education at school, it's don't get pregnant, don't get a disease. There's nothing about bring your full self to the moment, be present in your body, learn how to love your body, learn how to communicate boundaries and consent. You know, there's none of that. Well, not certainly not back in my day, there wasn't, and I'm pretty sure there's not now. I saw recently a, a film that was being shown to kids at schools here in the UK 
for sex education it was it was it was vile for one it was from the 80s nothing from the 80s should be shown anymore <laughs> <laughs> except for except for humans such as myself i'm definitely well, from the yes. 80s but yes obviously but like films woo, films about Mm-mm. sex oh no so so yeah so i just realized that something magical happens when I have a man in front of me, he tells me what's going on for him. I tell you exactly what happens. I think this will, you'll get this. You'll feel this. He starts talking to me. I'm starting to tune in energetically. And I, and this used to get me in trouble. <laughs> I, I can feel and sense who he is beyond all of the conditioning and fear and beliefs and habits and patterns that got, you know, they, all that gets dumped on all of us as we grow up, no matter where you grew up, no matter culture, no matter whatever we, you know, there's always the cultural narrative isn't there. And then there's your own family and the school and the and media and all of that. So we all grew up with this. I keep using the words distorted and dysfunctional, but they're the ones I've got at the moment, this dysfunctional idea of sex and sexuality and who we are as sexual beings. When I was, I guess, late teens up until probably <laughs> around 40s, early 40s, when I started this, I could I could feel someone who they were before, you know, a man, who who he was before all of the conditioning, who he was at his core. And of course, you fall in love with that, you know, mm. like I was saying with films, I would fall in love and and then wonder a little while later, why was he not being who I saw him as? You know, mm. it's like, mm. oh, there's something different here. <laughs> like, he's, mm. and I later understood it's a gift that I was, I have that I can see that. And now that I know how to use it intentionally and consciously, I can draw that out of someone and help him embody that and help oh, him. What? And I know, you know, we're in a distance, but still energy travels. What do you sense from me? I'm, I got to ask. Okay, can I tune in? Can I take a minute to tune in? Yeah, yeah, please, please. Give me a minute. Like, okay. Do I need to be in any position? Any thinking about anything? Just relaxed. Okay. And I'll, I'll kind of tune in. You feel like, in, and I'm not deeply tuned in because I'm doing this quickly. You feel very, like I feel you in your body, which is unusual, I got to tell you. <laughs> mm. I feel instant. So I feel drawn to two parts. I feel drawn to your hips. And I feel like that's because you, you sit well in them, if that makes sense. Like you're present in them. You're there. And the second place, but I was drawn to both of them at the same time is your heart. Like your heart's very activated. I can tell you, like, as I, I'm just kind of quickly scanning through your system quite often. I can, and scan through a system and go, okay, there's, there's something calling me there. We need to clear something out or, you know, listen to it or whatever. But you're very much more present in your body than I often come across. Does mm. that resonate? Do you feel yes. that? Yes. 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 It's it's really the outside world that I need to be more present. <laughs> well, you can play with that because you can, from this embodied place, kind of reach out intuitively and, you know, tickle the leaves on the trees, you know, have mm. your back against them from where you are, have them come into you. Mm. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, this is, you are, you are good. You are, wow. Well, good. I got to give you applause. Hold on. This, this, yeah, you are. Damn. Okay. 
Oh, okay, yeah. thank you for that. Seriously, because I feel that. And I'll say, to let you know that I'm being sincere and that I feel that, that's where the fear comes in, is that I do feel like present in my body. And I know, like, I have a good sense of this energy, right? And when you're in the space of love, like you just want to share, love only gives of itself and only seeks nothing. It really doesn't seek anything except it, what it will receive is more of itself. You know, only love is acceptable to love, you know? But I look out and I see a world that's so dark. And I listen, and I hear what you're saying too about, well, all of it, but I, I was going to point out something where you were saying about the darkness that's kind of in our world. And I, I have gone through existential crisis after existential crisis about what is the point? Like, like humaning is hard and there's a lot of humans who are doing things I would prefer them not to, shall we say, and, you know, being, how do I be with all of this? You know, how, Oh, I feel quite teary even saying it. What, and I, so what I love about the name of your podcast is that. So in a way that's become a bit of a mantra of mine, which is, to question everything, to question every belief, to question every position I hold, to question every, you know, I might think that person over there is evil or bad or wrong. And then I think, is that so? What really happened to them? What's actually going on for them? What's underneath them? You know, that saying hurt people hurt, not as an excuse for the way the world is, but just to go, okay, all right, what if I, because sometimes it shuts me down, you know? So what if instead, I send love because I have access to huge amounts of love. I can, I can love pretty much anyone, not necessarily their behavior, not necessarily their beliefs, but who they are at their core is what I am at my core. Yes. Yes. You did deep enough. We all reach the same center, please. So if I can get in there and love, it might not change them a lot, but my hope is that it will create a ripple of a new energy that may not have been introduced in their system before. You know, like plant a seed. Love heals and truth frees. That's what I always say. Love heals and truth frees, you know, but they got to be, a, they got to be receiving. They got to be in a receiver's position for that love. But yes, that what you were saying, the, the conflict with the hurt people, hurt people. And again, that's not an excuse. And But I understand you and I understand it when we dialogue and we say these things. But the outside world, you know, again, that's so cruel. You know, they will they will look at that and say, oh, you're trying to make an excuse for them. No, it's that I said this on another podcast before as well. I said what you're seeing. I don't believe in toxic people. I don't. That's to me. That's 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 nonsense. And it's common fad. It's a fad right now only because it satiates the part of us that seeks vengeance, in my opinion. And blame to someone else. Exactly. There's no such thing. You, If you ask, I'm pretty sure, I've never talked to the Dalai, but if you talk to the Dalai Lama, I'm pretty sure you ask him what a toxic person is, he'd be confused or laugh at you because there's no such thing. I can't declare something true for the other and not accept that truth for myself. But anyway, what I see when a person is, you know, let's say the narcissist, and that's also one that they like to throw stones at. Um, what I see is a person on flames, yeah. right? C- completely engulfed, toxicity inside of them, person in flames. You know, I see the progression of a virus that has gotten out of control within that person, but it is not that person. Yeah. 
And so if I stand too close to a person engulfed in flames, of course, I will get burned. But if I'm seeing it, if my perception, perception is reality, if my perception is I just got burned because this person is engulfed in flames, that doesn't make me want to grab a stone and throw it at them. That makes me have compassion for that person in spite of my pain. That's love. Right. You know, that's how love sees things. Anyway, I'm I can go on and on about this. Like, seriously, forever. There's something you said I was going to pick up on. You said truth. You said love heals and truth. What did you say? Freeze and truth freeze. So I I think I use those in my work. And I, you know, I'm always in a place of love with all of my clients. It's not romantic, but it's a, you know, unconditional universal space of love because that's where healing happens. Right. And the truth, how that comes into being for me, in part, because I can see the truth of who they are and I can see, yeah, they've been hurt or they got told this thing that wasn't quite true, but they took it on as a belief or, you know, whatever it is, but I can see who they are before that. But also, you know, I've worked like there's one guy that in particular that comes to mind. I'm sure there's a few, but he, he, I guess he was in his early fifties, never been in a relationship. And he had had a lot of rejection, you know, a lot of rejection. And I'd seen him like around and in workshops and things. And I'd seen him being rejected and he got in touch and asked if we could do some work together. And I was like, okay, you know, like this is, there's something about this guy that people reject. So let me see what's going to happen here. And I thought I need to shine the light of consciousness on him. I need to shine the light of consciousness on him. Like truth. Because truth, that's truth. Like, let me see his truth. And I I actually energetically envisioned light of consciousness shining on him so I could see what was going on to help him. What I saw was he thought he was disgusting. Hmm. Somewhere along the way in his youth or somewhere, or probably a lot of his life, he had taken on the belief that he was disgusting. And I, I felt like he actually felt like he smelled of poo, you know, like it was that bad. And so I kept this light on him while we were working, which meant I could get close to him and work with him because I could see that's just an illusion. That's just a belief. That's where I would bring in that. Is that so? Are you Mm. actually disgusting or is that a belief that we can clear out of your system? Mm. And so that all those things you talk about, love, truth, light, you know, and even is that so questioning things, being open and curious, that's all the stuff that heals. That is alchemy. Mm-hmm. Oh doing? my goodness. We you and I, we are definitely in energetic alignment here. So is that so is a double entendre in that you know I have to spell it with two O's, school of outliers represents a business, but mm-hmm. also it is because uh last year I, I must have flashed out at least once a month, you know, it was just a rough year, you know, for me last year. And this year I decided not to, not to look at the news, not to uh, speak on politics or anything like that. Cause it was poison in my system. And so is that so was a mantra or reminded me of a parable I learned uh, decades ago, well, roughly about a decade ago about this Zen monk called, I think his name is Hakuin. And basically he was accused of fathering, uh, being a father of a a baby to a a teenager in the community. And he was a sensei. He had like, he was very respected leader. Sensei had a lot of students. Well, when they accused him, you know, because the the young lady, she was, you know, the parents demanded to know who the father was. And after some days she told him it was him. 
So after they accused him, his response was, is that so? You know, and then they said, well, this is your baby. You take care of it, you know, and his response was, is that so? And so once word got out about, you know, the baby, him being the father of the baby, he lost all of the students. And he said, is that so? And then he lost the respect. You know, they wouldn't hear him on the boards or anything like that. Like, you know, they they ridiculed him in the community. So in his response to even that was, is that so? And so even though he didn't know how to take care of the child, he went to different women that would assist to help him, you know, teach him. And he just roomed. He take care of the child the best he could, you know, showing shower and shout and love. And then I think it was roughly a couple of years later, three, four years later, the teenager, she fessed up that it was a young man in the Fisher's market who was the father of the child. And so the parents and that then teenager went to Hakuin and begged for forgiveness. And his response, you know, after they, after they said, you know, she told us the truth was, is that so, you know? And he said in, in that parable, it says the hardest thing that he did though, because they, they asked for the baby back since it wasn't his. He said, is that so to that as well? But he said that that was the hardest one for him because that was at that point, that was his child because he it had just been him and the baby for that long. And he lost all of his students. But then he gained back all of his students because literally his his calling was to show people how to be non-judgmental of their human experiences. And so is that so represents that. And so that's the reason why I named this show. Is that so? Because I wanted this to be a medium for me to just get that poison out of me. And embrace and really look at who I truly am and what really matters most to me. Anyway, you are good. Look at you. Got me talking all. I never spoke like this. Uh, telling really? all the personal stuff and stuff like that. Like, yeah, you are good. Oh, uh, no. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Know, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Thank you. That's, that's, you know, that's all the stuff you were talking about at the beginning about being authentic and showing up in your truth. You're, you're just doing it. <laughs> But how do you, so that, that person that you're talking about dealt with a lot of rejection because I dealt with rejection in a different form. I dealt with a lot of rejection, but a rejection of understanding, you know, and, and I oftentimes talk about the difference between understanding and understanding. Too many of us have understanding because we're all protected under certain laws, whether we know them or not, you know, but few understanding, you know, I think about Socrates when he went around questioning people that knew how to do a thing, but didn't really understand what that thing meant energetically, you know? And so he went back to the Oracle saying, yeah, I, I know I'm not the wisest person, but these people, they do things and they're professionals at doing it, but they don't know what they're doing. And she said, the Oracle said, that's why you're the wisest person in the town because you know that you do not know. Exactly. I love that. And that is why I use that. Is that so, so much because I, I believe there's a bigger picture that we can't see. You know, we are here having this human experience, but we aren't just human. We're soul or spirit or intelligence or something. And there's a there's a bigger picture. I don't know if you've heard of it. There's a great book called The Afterlife of Billy Fingers. Billy Fingers was his nickname on, you know, this is a true story. Mm. So this gentleman was a drug addict his whole life. He was a heroin addict and other drugs, whatever. And he died when he was 65. And his sister, who was a chiropractor in New York somewhere, not, she wasn't hippie, woo woo, anything like that. She started hearing him after he died and didn't believe 
you know, she was just, I must be mad or I might be dreaming about him because I miss him. But eventually he said, all right, if you're really Billy, you're going to, you're going to have to give me some proof, which he gave her remarkable proof. So she was like, okay, maybe I'm mad, but let me keep, let's keep talking sort of thing. And what he said, oh, I get a bit choked up talking about it. Because even if it's not true, it resonates with me. He said, you know, if you look at my life on earth and I was a mess and I was a drug addict and I caused you problems and I caused mom problems. He said, but from here with my wider perspective, I can see why that was the perfect life for my soul to evolve. I, he said, it was perfect exactly for what I needed. And I'm so grateful you were there for me. And now that I can see the bigger picture, I can see the gifts I got from it and the gifts I gave from it. I've got chills even talking about it. And so I, for me, I believe it's true, but even if it's not, I carry that with me, you know, is, is that so fits in because we don't know. Mm. We don't know. I mean, ultimately, here's the existential bit, right? (laughs) Ultimately, everything only has the meaning we give it anyway. Mm. That's reality. Yes. Nothing has any intrinsic meaning, which could be depressing on one hand, you know, but very liberating, really. Yes. I oftentimes say, I quote Khalil Gibran and say, pain is the breaking of the shell that encloses our understanding, that it's the bitter potion by which the doctor within heals our sick self. So drink the potion in peace and tranquility. And it's just a small excerpt of what he says on pain. Life will bring pain no matter what. You can choose to be you and experience pain, or you can choose to hide in the closet and experience an intensified version of that pain. But either way, life is to be lived and experienced. You're here to have a whole full experience, and that pain just digs a deeper well in your beingness so that you can contain and hold more joy. That's right. That's right. And you know, <sighs> it's that pain is like, what are you going to do with it? It's an opportunity, isn't it? What are you going to do with it? And what is it Buddha that says suffering is disagreeing with what is? It doesn't mean that you want the pain, but you yeah. go, instead of going, I'm not in pain or I'm going to cover it up with drugs or I mean, I'm not saying that you shouldn't alleviate your pain. I'm just saying that be present with it. Ask it yeah. what it's there to teach you rather yes. than saying, woe is me. I have pain. All right. Come in, my friend. Be my teacher. Tell me. What's here? There's a gentleman named Dr. John D. Martini. He's this like polymath genius across many levels. I did a workshop of his a few years ago. He took, I am not kidding you, six hours to overlap every science known to man to prove that the universal definition of love is equal amounts of challenge and support. He said, if you have too much support, you become juvenile and you can't grow and be in your life. And if you have too much challenge, you fall apart. You need equal amounts of challenge and support in your life to grow. And he takes it further and says, at any moment that you remember only challenge, he can prove to you that there was support there. You just haven't seen it because you haven't grown from the challenge yet. Wow. Now that's that's not my process. That's his. But it's fascinating. You know, whenever challenge comes, I'm like, okay, thank you. What's the opportunity here? Yes. The Chinese symbol for crisis is a combination of the symbols danger and opportunity. 
So when danger is present, there's also always opportunity. That's why I lean into my discomfort. I say lean into your discomfort. I lean into my discomfort of the unknown. And uh, that's how I and we ended up with our first podcast. We didn't even know we were going to have a podcast, Daphne and I. But people started, we were just doing free wellness calls. And then it, people said because of work, they, people went back to work and they were like, can you record them? So we had so many recordings. It was like, we might as well turn it to a podcast. And now we like have like a regular podcast and now I have two podcasts, you know, and it's, it's, it's the universe is always conspiring in your favor. It just because I said this, I said this before I said, just because it hurts, who told you that your pain wasn't good for you? You know, we don't like medicine, most of us, but it's still good. We don't like alcohol on our wounds. It stings us, but it's still for the healing, you know? I, Oh my goodness! I, I'm so. Ooh, I definitely have to invite you back. Yes, I have please. to invite you back. Oh yes. my goodness! Well, just just tell us. Well, let me ask this question. I'm gonna go over a little bit. But how how do us men? How do we men get free sexually? Like uh, I know this is a very broad question, you know. But if you will, because I'm I'm pretty sure that's gonna be on people's minds. Well. The first thing that comes, I probably would have a different answer if you asked me a different day. The answer that comes right now, and I can tie it right into the title of your podcast, is every thought, belief, habit, pattern that you have about sexuality, who you are as a sexual being, question it. Hmm. Is it the core truth of who you are, really, right down into that core center of you? Or is it something you were taught or learned or picked up, you know, on the media or television or something? Does it feel like truth with a capital T to you? Mm. And if it's not, loosen your grip on it. Let it go and come back to what is your truth of who you are as a sexual being? Mm. Yes. Yes. And so sexual alchemy, literally, it, it's it's about it's a process. It's one of the many processes that we can use, but very extremely powerful. One of the few very powerful processes that we can use to return to love, to return to to oneness. You know, to return to our authentic selves. Yes. Know? And then imagine bringing that version of you into your life, whether that's erotic or not. You know, if it's into your life, you're going to show up more authentically and in your truth, in your business, in your relationships with your kids. And then in the bedroom also, instead of mm. having lots of shame between you and me, we, we've cleared some of that away. There's more of us who we really are present. And that creates like this, like we're having now a delicious meeting conversation, or it could be a sexual expression as well. You know, it doesn't have to be. That's the good stuff. <laughs> All right. I question, I'm going to say this on air. I'm going to say it on air. I don't even, you know, is, is that so? Uh, you know, I'm not going, there's a little bit of shame there as I ask this question because I know it's going to be on air. But I, and I don't even know if you have a response to this, but I've always wanted to have sex in the forest while there's like a gentle rain going on. And I've always wondered why is that always, like I thought it was like a childhood thing, but it's never left. Like I always see like mountains, forest, little gentle rain. And I don't this sec, I feel the sexual energy when I think about that space, you know? Like, is there any... Any insights you can give into that? I know. I don't even know how to ask the question. I just know that it's always there. You know? First of all, it's really beautiful. And, you know, without digging around, it could be many things. It could be that when you were younger, 
you were out in the rain and somewhere similar to that. And, and it awakens something in you, you know, children are sensual and that's a sensual experience you're talking about, you know, so it may have just awakened something in you that may have been the first time you felt aroused, but not aroused to have sex, just aroused, like awakened is the way mm. it, you're, so an energy in you that went, Oh, that's, that feels good. Mm. You know, yeah. and then the thought of then consciously adding, you know, a sexual experience to it would be like delicious. It could also be that you resonate with the woods and, and, and nature. You said something earlier about, you know, needing to get back out there. Maybe even just getting out back out in nature would bring back that sense of, I was going to say awaken being in your body. You're already in your body, but awaken in your body and connected more widely to all that is. Oh, that's it. Nature is like my, that's where I learned the laws. I can understand. I believe that physical is a manifestation of spiritual laws. And so nature has always taught me. It's always alive. Oh, you're coming back. Please come back. Please come back. I'm going to give you, please take 60 seconds to tell the people where they can find you at. Please let them know about your websites and please check out because I've, I've, I've literally, I've been more vulnerable in this short time that we spoke and than any other show I've done. So please tell the people where they can find you at. All right. Well, and I just want to say, you know, for your part, you, you hold a space that allows us to come. I mean, I, I always bring my true authentic self, but if there's not, if it's not being received, I can only bring as much as is being received. You know what I mean? So you got to give yourself some kudos as well. You hold that space. Look, I'll take all the love you have to give, you know, all the love you have to give, you know, it, 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 and we mean that we mean that in a non shameful way now, y'all. <laughs> but please let the people know where they can find you. So my website is sexualalchemy.com or rebeccalowry.com will take you to the same place. And then across social media, I'm either Rebecca Lowry or sexual alchemy. Sexual alchemy is starting to get a bit censored. So Rebecca Lowry. I hang out on Facebook and Instagram a lot. And then there's my podcast, the Sexual Alchemy Podcast, which is everywhere that you listen to podcasts. There's also, I also have a book on Amazon, 101 Meditations for Life, Business, and Bedroom Success, and um, Sexual Mastery, Sexual Mastery Activation Cards for Men, which you can get on my website. All right. We're definitely going to have those when we post this episode. We're definitely going to have those links down at the bottom. So thank, thank you. you for that. And thank you so much for having the space for me and, and for teaching. Like, seriously, thank you. And I, I have to have you back on the show. Yes, please. And thank you so much. It, it's such a pleasure to be able to talk with someone who not only gets it, but, you know, you you're doing this, your version of this work in the world. And that really lights me up. So thank you. <laughs> thank you, sister. Thank you. All right, y'all. That was that was an amazing episode. It's it, it yeah. I'm, I notice I'm like stuttering, and I'm. It's rare that I'm without words, but that was an amazing. This is a this was an amazing episode. You know, an amazing experience. I'm definitely gonna have to have Miss Laurie come back and talk to us more about sexual alchemy. I just know that she's gifted. She has that. Like she's there. You know, she's aware. And so, please, please check her out. I think as men especially in the States, but men in general, I believe that sexual alchemy can assist us in creating a more harmonious and not can, will assist us in creating a more harmonious, loving and compassionate world. So please check her out. All right. Look, y'all heard it. This is another amazing show. 
And I don't have any words, y'all. So all I'm going to say is agape and stay lit. See y'all next time. Do you tell your time what to do? Or does your time tell you what to do? Are you living or are you merely existing? Are you constantly reacting or are you responding to life? Mixed beliefs create confusion and confusion creates a life of stagnation. Desire change? Visit www.becomeanoutlier.com slash about. That is www.becomeanoutlier.com becomingoutlier.com slash about A-B-O-U-T to start your journey. Stay tuned for more episodes and keep listening to the nocturnal therapist himself, Harry Turner.